Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Quick, episode 73. Today, we are doing our patron-sponsored movie review of the week, and that movie is going to be Paris, Texas. This is recommended by our patron, uh, patron 7 Mod Jeffy, so shout out for the suggestion. This is one that I just saw, like, a week ago, and then I don't, yeah, none of the other three of us have seen. Uh, Seth had to dip out, um, but when we get into our review, I'll kind of read his letterbox review and kind of give his overall thoughts in general just so we can kind of have his input um because i know none of us have seen this and it's obviously one of the most highly acclaimed movies of all time so it's definitely been one that's been good that we all were able to finally check out our watch list so paris texas is from 1984 directed by wim wenders and uh the kind of synopsis is a man wanders out of the desert not knowing who he is his brother finds him and helps to pull his memory back of the life he led before he walked out on his family and disappeared four years earlier. And yeah, let's just go ahead and get into our quick thoughts and then what our rating was uh, on our five star scale or 100 scale or out of 10 scale, whatever we have. Um, I'm going to kick it off first with the person I think I've watched the most recently, which would be Cam. So Cam, what were your thoughts yeah. on uh, Paris, Texas? Yeah, I really enjoyed Paris, Texas. I gave it a 79 out of 100. Um, four stars. I think it's a bit slow. Um, and then I also think just at the start, I, I got intrigued towards the end, but I think at the start, I was a little, I may not have been really in the right mindset. I was kind of just, this 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 week, I didn't like make time to watch this. So I kind of just threw it on last minute because I knew I had to review it. And that's like, you know, you know when you kind of like, watch movie and you're not really you're just like oh i have to do this right now yeah it's, it's not always the best mindset so that's probably on me um but i will say i think like you know i saw a bunch of reviews of the great acting great cinematography great uh writing uh all of that jazz like all all critic things you know um and and to me i feel like it did all of those things other than cinematography i think cinematography was fantastic i think it did everything very good and nothing great nothing like immaculate in my opinion or nothing um real amazing so i wasn't like drawn in by the by the performances or by the writing but i thought it was good like i when i was watching it i wasn't um i wasn't upset i was watching it i just kind of felt that it was just a very straightforward good in my in my opinion um it's kind of the best way to describe my feelings of this movie um but without getting into spoilers that's kind of my overall overarching thoughts all right. Um, yeah, George. Yeah, I'm kind of like right there with Cam. This is like, I, I didn't realize this was like one of the highest rated films like ever on Letterboxd. It's got like a 4.4 .4 and there's a majority oh. of five stars there. Like it's one of the movies like Harakiri where I like went into it and I like felt pressure that I needed to give this a five out of five stars. So as the film kept going, I was like, better do something or else it's not getting a five out of five stars. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting movie to to review because it didn't like grab my attention until like the third act um, until he was like in the booth in front of like the two way mirror talking to um, his ex-wife. Like up until then I thought it was a good movie. I was obviously intrigued on like where we were going with this man who lost his, uh, who just seemingly lost his memory trying to rekindle his relationship with his son. Uh, you know, there's some drama between his brother and his sister-in-law um so I, I was intrigued but this movie wasn't doing anything to like really wow me um but I, I i did really really enjoy that that final uh that that third act it felt very um 
rewarding. It felt very like religious. Like it, it was like they were kind of doing a confession or something. Um, so yeah, I, I also went with a four out of five stars, um, mainly because it just took me forever to like truly lock myself into this movie, truly care about these characters. Like Cam said, I think the technical aspect of the film, everything was really good outside of the cinematography. I don't know if I would call anything amazing. I don't think the acting performances stood out particularly. Um, so yeah, I went with a four out of five stars and I, I guess given everyone's reaction on Letterboxd, I am clearly in the minority there. Yeah, I definitely got like, I, I just posted my review with like when we were reviewing and already have two comments, I think that are like too low. It's like, okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It, but Paris, Texas is an odd one because it is, one of the like it, people hold this in such high regard but i feel like before mm-hmm. you kind of start diving into the classic movies you kind of start you you know what movies that you haven't seen that are held with high regard but i feel like paris texas is one that was like a blind spot for me in terms of like i know i know it was like a, a movie that people recommend a lot and that it's been like kind of regarded as a classic but i never really knew that people like held it so highly until like i finally watched it and like looked at reviews and stuff that people are, are in absolute love with this movie because it's not one that feel like you hear people be brought bring up all the time as like their favorite movies of all time whereas like you know stuff like the godfather and like uh, goodfellas and like any scorsese movie like those are always a classic like oh these are my favorite movies uh, of all time whereas paris texas never really gets brought up in those lists however everyone seems to re- review it so highly um mm-hmm. I, I gave it a five star I could totally see myself rating it lower if I was in like the mindset Cam was in. Cause I know the past couple of real quick reviews, I've been in that same mindset where I'm like, this is probably a lot better movie than I'm giving the credit for. I just wasn't in the right headspace for it. Harry Curie. Yeah. I, I still gave a five star too, but uh, some of these other movies, like when we do try it, cause real quick, these reviews have been kind of running the gambit. We do sometimes really popular movies, sometimes fun movies, but I feel like lately we've been mostly checking off like some classic movies and yeah, you kind of have to be in the right mindset and, uh, we kind of make this like almost like homework because we have to watch it, you know, for the podcast. So if you're not the right mindset, you definitely won't love it as much as like if you're just watching it on your own whim and you decide to turn something on. But I think I was just in the right mindset and right mood when I watched it that I ended up just really, really loving it. I just think so. So Paris, Texas, I don't know how far away it is from Dallas, but it's definitely like a city I know of and I've heard of uh, because it was mm-hmm. pretty close to where I lived. And I just think it's like smart to use that as like the city for this movie, because it is such like a juxtaposition of a name because Texas as a state isn't like a rundown state, but Paris, Texas as a city is a pretty small rundown kind of like what people picture when they think of Texas, like, you know, kind of like wild West, like, you know, not much going on. Whereas like obviously like Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, they're like massive cities that are very affluent. But Paris, Texas is a very rundown city that there's really not much going on in. Whereas, you know, Paris, France, obviously like people may have different opinions of it if they visit Paris, France, but I mean, no one can disagree that Paris, France is like a top tier tourist destination, something that pretty much everyone wants to visit at least once kind of seen as one of the beacons of Europe in terms of like people not from Europe or like, if I visit Europe, like Paris, France is probably like on the top of my list. So I think it's just such an interesting juxtaposition because Paris, Texas, as he mentions in the movie, you know, he says like his dad would always joke like, oh, I'm from Paris. Um, but he would never say like the Paris, Texas part. And he would try and get people to believe he was from Paris, France the whole time. And he did it so much that he almost started to believe it. Um, but I, I just really love the cinematography of this. I love the acting. I really love the final scene, obviously, that we've all talked about. We said it was our favorite parts where they're talking in the mirror. Uh, or in mm-hmm. kind of like the call booth. Like it's something I've never really seen before. never known what that was. So I don't really, it's like kind of like a, not like a hooker thing, but it's like, you kind of go and you like talk 
it's kind of like you go and talk with someone as a companion. I think it is kind of like a strip club esque kind of thing slash call girl in yeah. person. Um, yeah. So he goes to that, and I love that whole final sequence just because. Obviously, the dialogue is great in that, but I just love the way it's shot and framed. Like, there's specifically one moment where, like, they're framed perfectly. So, like, the reflection of his face is, like, portrayed exactly on where her face would be sitting on the other side of the glass. I thought that was just shot in a really cool and unique way. And I just really love the whole cinematography, the whole thing from the beginning of the desert and walking and just... You're so confused. Like, I was so confused for the first, like... Not even just first 30 minutes of the movie. I was so confused for, like, the first, like, hour and a half of the movie because... And you never really, you never even get full closure on what's going on in terms of what he did. What you really, I loved that though. Yeah, like, yeah no, to yeah, cut you off. same like, here. I love that. I think, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I was so confused the whole time. Like, what's going on here? But you never really get closure on that. All you know is this man has done something to where he's been gone for four years. No one's heard from him. His family hasn't heard from him. He uh, has cl- clearly, you find out he had a kid and he had a wife. And he obviously has a brother and family that was close with them. And they just hadn't heard from him in four years. He just randomly shows up out of the blue. You don't know why. You don't know where he came from. He doesn't talk for, there's a IMDb fun fact. He doesn't talk for the first 26 minutes of the movie. So he's yep. just silent. You're just like, what is going on? Um, but basically all you know is he's on a mission to right some wrongs and just pretty much disappear as quickly as you reappeared. He doesn't want to come back in these people's lives. He doesn't want to impede on any of them. He doesn't want to, just disappear and come back and be like, Hey, I'm back. Like, let's all be happy family again. He just wants to come in, right some wrongs and then just disappear again and just kind of let himself be a memory of a forgotten person in the, those people's lives. Just like he was the past four years. Um, I guess like before we d- I'll just end it there in terms of, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10 for five stars. So then we can kind of break the, break the spoiler wall here. There's not really like a ton to spoil here, but we'll, uh, we'll start talking about just the movie in general and not have to worry about holding our tongue. So, so yeah, um, yeah, and I guess quickly I'll just say, so Seth rated this movie a four star and his uh, his review is perhaps one of the most visually gratifying films I've ever seen, a very poetic journey, as well as a beautiful portrayal of heartache and loss. To be honest, I'm unsure if I'm in a rush to watch it again, but I had a great time with it either way. And even though I did give it a five star, I can kind of relate to it in terms of I don't think I'm going to want to rewatch this anytime soon. Um just not the type of movie that I really think is like super rewatchable, even though like, I guess a lot of the reviews I've seen kind of beg to differ. I think a lot of people like absolutely love this as like a comfort movie, but, um, but yeah, so I'll kind of open the floor there. I feel like I've hijacked the last like five minutes. So, uh, just open the table to discussion of anything you guys liked, didn't like, um, kind of maybe what held it back for you. I know you both mentioned that you really liked how we didn't really find out what the hell went on with Travis this whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to explain it at the end, and I'm very glad it didn't. But you go, George. I just no, I was gonna. It, it's like such an odd comparison, but like this movie kind of reminded me of the Black Mirror episode Black Museum, where like the first like two thirds of the movie, you're like, okay, what are we building towards? Like, what are we doing? Like, you're going through like these three different artifacts, and uh, her character is like telling stories, and it kind of felt like the first two acts of like this movie, where like you're following this basically mute man or mute for whatever half hour um on like this journey back into his real life and you're kind of just like questioning like what are we building towards like where are we getting at we know he's trying to right his wrongs but like there's got to be more to that and then when he's like face to face with his ex-wife or not you know technically face to face they don't really see each other Mm -hmm. when he's with his ex-wife and like everything has finally come to fruition. That felt like the final moments of that Black Mirror episode where she just kind of runs through exactly how all of these three artifacts like 
play into this larger story of what's going on with her father. And that's what this, this, uh, oh, that's what Paris, Texas kind of felt to me, which is like an odd comparison, but it's also like a super gratifying thing. Cause like if this movie had ended with like no answers or just like nothing like came out, it would have obviously, I don't think it would be held in as highly regarded, but it's one of those things where everything leading up to that point of us finally understanding like what went on with the wife and him and the son, it made everything prior to that feel very like rewarding. Like this movie really spends its time with its characters, helping us build like this emotional, like relationship towards them. So that when we do finally get to this third act and everything kind of comes out, it's like, okay, this feels very earned, which is something I very much liked about this movie. And then, like I said, that whole final sequence or not maybe the final sequence, but the whole sequence where they're sitting across from the one way mirror felt like, very like religious in nature it was very like confessional where like you don't see who you're talking to so it like opens up the floor to be like significantly more honest so i thought that entire conversation just felt super vulnerable and super real which is what like really elevated this movie for me and i don't think if that last scene had hit as hard as it did i don't know if i would have rated this as highly as a four out of five star yeah and i think that last scene is kind of what brings the whole movie together so i can totally see how like that last scene hits and people are you know a five out of five or something yeah you brought up the religious allegories like just in that moment but also like with a man walking in the desert just like yeah serious man there's a ton of that in this movie um and i i will say like kind of not comparing the two movies but last last week our review obviously of harakiri um where the writing is so sharp and so incredible that I was like in awe, even in the slow moments, I was really like it pulled in, you know, in this one, it felt like when there was, were these long conversations between the two men and I forget their, uh, like during the movie, I forget everyone's name. So that, that right there is just something that, you know, I, I wasn't hooked enough, I guess, to remember names even a day later, which is probably more on me than anyone else. Um, but like, I just wasn't hooked into their conversations as much as I'd like to be. So that's kind of where I think the, the writing lacks. And I never understand, like, I never know what a good, like what good dialogue is. Like, I'm too stupid to understand what good dialogue is. I always just base it off of like, does this conversation hook me? Um, does it really like make me intrigued? And that's kind of, um, why I say I, I thought it was good. It just didn't, didn't get to that great level. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what all we want to get into, but yeah. yeah so basically like, so Travis, Travis and Jane are kind of like the, so Travis is the main, well, I don't know. I, yeah. He's the main character in this movie. He's the guy who comes out of the desert. He's uh, the one who we have no clue what his backstory is, but his brother, uh, Walt finds him, uh, because I can't remember. It's like some, he basically shows up at some bar and I think the bar gets in contact with his brother and tells him like, yeah, they Hey, we found your brother, uh, come down to, uh, I think it was i can't i think it might have been arizona actually and it was somewhere in the southwest I, I don't think it was in texas at this point it might have been like western texas but i think it might have been arizona which is where he went down to to get his brother um and so yeah so then jane henderson is who we kind of meet at the end who was travis henderson's wife at one point and basically you walk through in the 30 minute span of kind of what a synopsis of their entire relationship of how they started seeing each other and they just fell so hard and so fast for each other and we're in just a crazy crazy deep love for each other. Travis said, you know, he basically all he could think about in life was all he wanted to do was just work just enough. So they just had enough money to get by. So then he just didn't have to work anymore. So he could spend every waking minute with her. And then once the money ran out, he would go find some jobs, scrape some money together just so he could just spend all his time together. So clearly like a deep, deep, strong love. But then jealousy started getting into play. Some 
not infidelity, but kind of worrying about infidelity started getting into play. And it kind of just ended up boiling up their whole relationship to the point where they split and they had a kid together, Hunter. Um, and then you kind of see that Hunter was with Walt and his wife, Anne, uh, staying in Ca- uh, California, I believe is where they were. So kind of what I took away from is like, I felt really bad for like Hunter Echo. mostly at the end of this, just because he was kind of the key link between like his brother and Travis because like, so basically like, obviously it sucks to have a parent, two parents that get divorced and then like a dad who goes AWOL for four years. You have no clue where he is, but then you kind of also see like when they're in California, like Walt and Anne, like they, like their relationships kind of struggling a bit too, it seems, but like Hunter as a kid, like is really holding them together. Like they clearly love the kid and love providing for him and giving him a good life. But then once Travis shows up, he kind of like takes Hunter away and gives him back to his mom, Jane, which like right and wrong is kind of vague. Like you can, it's kind of like ethics in terms of you can make your own interpretation on where should Hunter be? Should he be with his biological mother who birthed him and reunite them? Or should he be with Walton and who are taking care for him? Uh, even though technically like they don't like legally, I don't I may, they might legally be guardians at this point, but yeah, just kind of rough for Hunter. Um, because I don't know, like Jane, clearly she's working as like a call girl, uh, stripper type deal, which again, like do whatever you need to do to make make ends meet and make money. But like, cl- like I, I can't imagine that's her dream career. So it's like, will she be able to provide like a good life for Hunter, a safe life for Hunter? And it's like, I don't know. Travis is trying to right his wrongs and reconnect his family coming out of the desert and trying to just like right some wrongs before he kind of disappears once again. And he reunites them in that hotel room, which is the final shot of the movie. But like he probably would have just been better to, or well, he, I think he definitely would have been better just to stay with his brother and his brother's oh, yeah. wife. But, um, no see, so yeah, it's like weird. Cause it's like a movie about a guy trying to right his wrongs, but how, like maybe with like, he maybe gets closure with his wife or his ex wife and, great for her she gets to see her son again but like yeah i don't know it's just kind of weird because like i feel like the whole kind of theme of this movie is like like you guys said with the religious allegories like it's very much like a confessional at the end like kind of just removing all the emotional baggage you've been carrying for all these years to kind of let loose of all the guilt you've had but then i don't know you kind of left the movie like with a sour taste in my mouth where i was like I don't know if you needed to bring the kid there and like put him in a hotel no, room it, alone yeah. and just say like hopefully she goes and <laughs> finds him <laughs> like yeah know, yeah it's like it it's such a moral dilemma because like you're watching this whole movie and you're like kind of rooting for him you're like okay like i hope he does right his wrongs and shit like that but he's doing it in like the most like questionable ways possible and then you also like throughout the movie you get like the sense that like he's gonna disappear again like he doesn't care mm-hmm. to stay so it's like who am i rooting for here like clearly this kid should not be with his biological mother or father his father is not necessarily reliable he's here to do one thing and then get the fuck out his mother is clearly in a situation that doesn't present herself as a motherly figure probably as well as we want her to so i don't know i I think this movie i saw a uh a letterbox review for that movie orlando i watched actually and i think it applies to how i feel about this movie paris texas is a movie that I respect, but don't necessarily like love. Like I'll never like rewatch this movie, even though I gave it a four out of five stars. It's one of those movies where I could just like respect the themes it's throwing in my face. I could respect its technical aspect. I could respect mm-hmm. its writing. And I think it does all of those very well. I also think the movie just concludes in a very solid way, but it's nothing that I was like 
really attached to to the point where I'm like, I love this movie. It was more of yeah. like, I respect the shit out of this movie and can understand why people are giving this a five out of five stars. Yeah, and that's where like, like not about the movie necessarily, but that's where like rating movies objectively versus subject. There's never going to be a right answer for rating movies yeah. ever in history. So like, it's like, one of those movies where you watch and you're like, like I watch, I watch fucking pitch perfect. And I'm like, I love every second of this, but I know it's not a five out of five movie, you know? So, but, but like you watch this and uh, I, I guess I rate pitch perfect higher than this, but that's a lot <laughs> because like, I respect this movie and respect what it did, but it never hooked me. It never was something that I loved, you know? So that's why where like the bias comes in, but I'm not going to give it a one out of five because I didn't love it. You know, like I can respect, the cinematography and the acting and the writing was there. It just wasn't all complete for me, you know? And so it's never going to be the perfect like rating system like ever, but I, I completely agree with that, that on this one. Yeah. And I think uh, we all mentioned that the, I think we all agree, even though we're on a wide range of how much we enjoy this movie, that the end final 30 minutes is by far the best part of the movie. So I think it has oh, yeah. to do with kind of the construction of the movie in terms of like Extraction 2, for example. That 20-minute one-take action sequence, I loved. I thought that was incredible. Some of the best action I've seen. But it was like, like we mentioned when we reviewed that. It was like at the beginning of the movie and the rest of it didn't really live up to it. So like my opinion just like kind of went down and down from there. Whereas this was kind of like I was in that four out of five star boat this whole time. I was like, I don't really see why people are really consider this a masterpiece. I still really enjoyed it probably more so than the other three of you. But uh, then the end was just like so good that it just like leaves you with that perfect taste in your mouth. Where you're like, oh, that's like quite like a perfect resolution to this movie. So just kind of mad, like Extraction 2, like it's just early. It kind of peaks too early. Whereas this one kind of gradually builds towards the peak the whole time, which which I enjoyed. But um, but yeah, it's like I don't want to dog this movie because I gave it a five star. But I think it was one that like I don't know if it would benefit from a rewatch for me. It might. Who knows? But I think it might be like if I watched it on a different day, I could easily see myself giving like a four or 4.5. Yeah. But I ended up landing on a five just based on the mood I was in that day, which is going to be true for everyone with any movie. Like the mood you're in and the, the time you watch, it's going to wildly change what your opinion on the movie is going to be. But, but yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. it. I uh, don't know if I'm going to rewatch anytime soon. Uh, but yeah. Up, the Gary? worst part about me, the worst part about me is the whole time I'm watching this and I see Travis on screen. You, you know what I was, you know what I was thinking as soon as I saw him? No, he's I from don't. a different movie. He's from a different movie. Like that actor or? Yeah, that actor. He's from a, is he's he? from a different movie. I don't recognize Very that. small, very small role in a different movie. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, let me, let me, let me see. No, it does I'm... not, it does not pop up on his filmography either. Well then, uh, I, well, uh, no. yeah, he's he's the uh, he's the guard in the Avengers when um, the, the Hulk crashes through that building, and he's like scared the hell out of some birds though when he like right when the when he comes falling through the sky, yeah. and, the man, and then he becomes Bruce Banner, and he's like, "Did I hurt anyone?" And the, yeah, he's the he's the um, officer or guard or janitor or whatever he is. That's like no one around here to hurt, but scared the hell out of some birds. And that's, that's all I could think of when I first, why is it. he not credited for that? Uh, it's, I looked up his filmography and it wasn't on there, but I think he's credited for it. I just didn't see him on the filmography list. That's on funny. his. Yeah. But that, so of course that's just my dumb ass. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Hey, this guy, this Wait, guy, which Avengers was that? The first one, the first one. Oh, so he yeah. falls out of the Quinjet and like it's like hits lands in a building. It's like right before like the final battle. Yeah, but well, so there's your deep cut hole. <laughs> on the IMDb fun facts says that uh, 
the guy who, so that that actor, Harry Dean Stanton, who passed away in 2017, that he says Paris, Texas was the favorite movie of his that he's ever been in. But yeah, oh, he is credited as the Avengers security guard 2012. But just looking at some other movies he's been in. Oh. Um, he's it's in, not on his Google uh, movies. Fair, then. That's, fair. Yeah, that's all. He was in The Green Mile. So that's, that's a great movie. Uh-huh. Um, trying to see what else. Twister. That was a, kind of a cult classic. Um, but not a ton of stuff that I think are super highly credited. Allegedly. Escape from New York. Oh, he's alien. In, Wait, he's, he's an, an alien. alien. Okay, he's then alien. never mind. Yeah, I guess I he's given really high praise to Paris, Texas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't have anything else to add here. Um, Basically every fun fact, Tyler, I looked at IMD's fun fact. It's like, this is his favorite movie. This right. is uh, someone else's favorite movie. This is an IMDb top 100. This mm-hmm. is Letterboxd top 250. And yeah. it's like great. The IMDb fun facts suck this movie. It's literally like Kurt yeah. Cobain's favorite movie of all time. Um, well, one one thing that's kind of fun yeah, is this. So, obviously it's about a Texas town. It takes place in California, Texas, Arizona, but it's in uh a French and German production. So that's kind of interesting. That's like a, the cast and crew is, or I guess the crew is a French and German movie, movie production, uh, but takes place in Southwest America. But I guess it's not that crazy when you think about it. Cause I'm sure like, well, obviously there's so many American made movies that take place in other countries. So whatever, I think yeah. it's just very classic American centric mindset to be like, wow, that's cool. People from other countries came to America to make a movie. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. I know a lot oh, of people really, really love Paris, Texas. So, um, if we, if we miss something, comment down below like what makes it something that you really, really love. Uh, on Letterboxd, the average is 4.4. So I, I don't have the top 250 pulled up in front of me, but it's got to be in there. Probably in the top 100, honestly, at a 4.4. Um, so, yeah, Paris, Texas, thank you so much for the recommendation by 7 Mod Jeffy. That's our review. Um, so Seth, Cam, and George all give it a 4-star. Cam giving it a 79 out of 100. I give it a 9.5 out of 10 for 5 stars. That concludes our review of Paris, Texas, and we will see you on Monday with the next episode of Real Talk, episode 45. Peace.